Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. With all this positive news about DeMar Hamlin's health and his status, we wanted to bring back on our friend Dr. Brian McDonough, the clinical professor of family medicine at Temple University School of Medicine and the host of the Dr. Brian McDonough Show podcast to sort of put a little bit more in layman's terms what we heard from the two doctors at the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati Medical Center, Perloff. And so, Dr. McDonough, thanks so much for joining us again today. No, I'm really happy to join you today. This is great news. This is great. So let's start with the the positivity here, the remarkable recovery, the fact that they're talking about, quote unquote, liberating DeMar from the ventilator. Um, From all the things you heard listening to it as a doctor, what stood out to you the most? Well, the thing that stood out the most was that from a standpoint, his brain function was great. It was intact. He was responding. In fact, I, I think the first comment he wrote down was, did we win, which tells you, you know, he's processing things and he he has memory. He's able to think about things. He's processing it. He's communicating through writing. I mean, all those things are just wonderful, which tells you that uh, it, they got to him quickly and they quickly got that oxygen back to the brain. You remember when we were talking, um, my fear was how long did he go where the heart wasn't getting, you know, in a simultaneous way, pushing that blood and the oxygen to the brain. But clearly, uh, they got his heart going, and they were able to get enough oxygen there that that helped. So that that's your number one thing. You know, your fear is you don't want someone to make it through this, and then they're not neurologically intact or able to do things. Uh, also, I think the thing I got from hearing them talk is, you know, the fact that he has the coordination to write, that he's moving his legs, those things. That also tells you that, and to that extent, he's much he's coordinated and he's able through his brain and his body to control his limbs. That's very important. And then finally, the fact that he obviously still needs help for his lungs. I mean, you know, that's a lot of stress and a lot of things. But they're they're giving him the oxygen and they're slowly weaning him from that that's also very important so he can when he breathes on his own and he's free of that you know that's the next big step yeah uh, doctor I, i'm i apologize i'm so ignorant on this does that mean he's still on a form of a ventilator and and what does that mean long term or anything yeah, they weren't specific Here, here's what happens i know this much i know that he's on a he's on a system where the, he's providing some of his own breathing and they're breathing for him as well. So usually what happens is it's, it could be, let's say, a 50% mix, 40%. Like more and more and more, they're going to count on him breathing on his own. And then when they think he's ready, and for all we know, I mean, we're not getting those specific things. They've done this already. They extubate him. In other words, they take him um, off the ventilator, and then he breathes on his own. And they have him go through it, and they watch him closely, like, does he need more support or whatever? And the goal, of course, is to go from that to then maybe giving him what we would call a ventimask or a mask, you know, helping him breathe uh, even more, but without the tube there. So, you know, it, it's clear they didn't have to trach him. They, at least they said they didn't trach him on the field, which means they probably just put a tube down. And, and that's also good for him as well. Dr. Brian McDonough is joining us. So if he keeps progressing at, at, at this, you know, at this pace and we're not putting any pressure. You take, it takes as long as it takes, but where is he in his recovery? When you hear news like this, how far along? Oh, I think, you know, until they say he's out of the ICU and, and, you know, out of critical, you know, you don't make any predictions, but I will tell you for being, you know, this was Monday night. We're not even at Thursday night for him to be at this point. That is a very, you know, positive, positive approach. I mean, I mean, some people I'm sure are thinking, 
well, gee, you know, you'd expect him just to be able to, he'll come back and start moving around. It, it isn't that easy. But knowing how these things go and having treated, you know, we, well, we treat many people in this situation for a wide variety of reasons, this is a, a good comeback. And they're obviously not overstressing his system, you know. And you also remember they're, they're probably checking his blood work for his kidney and his liver and all those things, but they didn't get into specifics, but it does seem like other things are, are working well too, which is also very important. Doctor, I'm still struck. You were explaining uh, last time you were on that there was a bit of randomness uh, where the the blood cycle with the heart was and all that. As you, as you look at the sport of football, and I'm sure you've had a few days to think about this, what, does this injury sort of mean mean anything? Is it going to change the way people approach the sport, or is this something that really, you know, there's nothing that can be done because it is a violent sport and there are going to be injuries? I think if anything, what they're going to do, and this will also help because it got so much attention, people playing at all other levels, is make sure that there is a certain degree of padding to the extent you can have to protect children, to protect high school players, professional players, everybody from um, having their chest wall hit like that. Um, you know, Little League players, you might see with a line drive back to the mound, or they get, usually you don't get as much velocity when they're pitching. But, you know, that's where I think, boom, it hits them. And, and, and you've got it, your heart goes through this entire cycle every time it beats. It, it's a whole thing, and we measure the electrical circuit. Well, at this one specific spot, this one instant in time, that's when it's vulnerable. If it gets hit, if there's trauma, at that exact second, it can send the heart into an irregular beat. Now, m- most times, nothing ever happens, obviously. But when that does happen, that's the concern. So I think the lesson out of this is, first, we want to make sure that, you know, schools, uh, whatever it takes, you know, contributions, donations, whatever, they get AEDs um, at the schools. The second thing is that you have people who know how to do CPR. And the third thing is, you know, people will be aware of this and to try to, you know, to have padding where it's necessary to help. You know, it's funny, I was thinking about all that money that's been raised, and there's, it's not for me to determine it, but boy, you know, if that money could be used, you know, to supply schools and others with AEDs, I mean, it'd be such a wonderful use of all that money, and it could save, it could save other lives. I mean, I know this was designed for toys, and it's not my, you know, my uh, charity. I think it's wonderful what people did, but that would be a really uh, great use of, of money as well to try to... Uh, get them to, you know, great schools and places that might not be able to afford them. You know, they're, they're, they're over $1,000, so it's not inexpensive to get. It's a great idea. And, you know, DeMar Hamlin, it hopefully, you know, is, is on this great trajectory. He's going to make this great recovery, but he is going to forever be linked with, obviously, this story. It doesn't matter what he does next, win a Super Bowl, win two Super Bowls, he'll always be known for this. And so to have, like, him be associated with, a cause like that, I think, makes a lot of sense. Dr. McDonough, we can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Clinical professor of family medicine at Temple University School of Medicine and the host of the Dr. Brian McDonough Show podcast. You're always there when we need you, doctor. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day, and I'm glad I could share good news. Take care. Yeah, fantastic. Love it. And you know what? It was now being reported that a man named Denny Kellington, who's mm. the assistant athletic, assistant athletic trainer for the Bills, was the first person who immediately started to administer CPR on DeMar Hamlin. He's a hero. I yeah. mean, all of the first responders, but they, the doctors in Cincinnati today said if it wasn't for the, outs, the high quality, as even Dr. McDonough said, the high quality of CPR that was administered right away not only maybe saved his life, but his neurological function. Unbelievable. That's incredible.